0: Heavenly Father, I thank you today as we open the word. I thank you there'll be receptive hearts and listening ears to receive the word today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You can be seated. Well, we say camp meeting starts tonight, but I already see a whole bunch of camp meeting people here. And we just started. Here at Rhema Church, we just started this morning, (laughs) okay? The rest of them can come in tonight and we get there tomorrow, all right? Have you ever reached a point that it seemed like that you are neck deep in trouble? Trials, afflictions, everything is going wrong and you finally got to a place and said, that's enough? Well, that's the title of my net message this morning. When are you going to say, that's enough? In the natural, many of us have reached that point. I imagine everyone in this place and everyone listening to my voice can uh, go along with this. You ever heard your mom and dad say to you, that's enough? (laughs) I got any partners? (laughs) Many of you that are parents and grandparents have said the same thing to your your kids. <laughs> you know, that meant, hey, I'm not going to put up with that any longer. And especially if my mom said, Kenneth Wayne Hagen, that's enough. Man, I was already quiet before she ever got the rest of my name out, because if my mom used my whole all three of my names, Kenneth Wayne Hagen, I knew I knew it was up right there. That was it. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, spiritually, when are some people going to decide that's enough? You know? The devil's always going around, according to John 10, 10, the purpose that he has in his life, if you want to call it that, is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. You know, too many Christians that I see have put up with the devil's trouble too long. They just become passive. Even some of them, it gets people, and I, over the years, I've seen they start to blame God. Hey, there's a little book out there in the in the books and in, in gift store, whatever you call it out there. Uh, it's called "Don't Blame God" by my dad. It's really good. If you got a friend that needs it, go get it. You know, isn't it interesting how when people ask questions and I got a friend and could you give me an answer or help me with that? And that friend is probably their self. But anyway, that's... <laughs> You know, when are some... I'm, not, I'm talking about born-again, spirit-filled Christians. When are they going to put their foot down and tell the devil, that's enough any of you have ever seen any Christians? Sometimes even the faith people, uh, they, they're just putting up with everything that's going on instead of putting their foot down and saying, hey, that's enough. Hello? You know, it reminds me of a story that Wigglesworth tells in his book. You know, there's a little lady, she's waiting And then the book says tram, but that would be over there in England for the bus. And this little dog followed her off and followed her down. And it was, she said, now you gotta go back. You gotta go back. And it has kept walking around her feet. Finally, she stomped her foot and said, get back in that porch. And man, there, boom, there there it went. That's what some of us need. Some people need to do with the devil. Stomp your foot and say, hey, that's enough. You know, isn't it funny how some people are like old Pharaoh in Exodus 8, chapter 8, beginning with verse 6, Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt. The frogs came up and covered the whole land. But the magicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. And they too caused frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged and pleaded with the Lord to take the frogs away from me, my people. I will let you your people go so they can go offer sacrifice to the lord and now listen to this, you set the time. Moses replied, then when you when you want me to pray for you and your officials and your people, then your your you and your houses will be rid of the frogs. they will remain only in the Nile river. Pharaoh said do it tomorrow. All right, Moses replies, it'll be as you have said. Then you know that there's no one like God, like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your house and your officials and your people. They will only remain in the Nile River. Now he told, Moses said, you set the time. And he said, do it Tomorrow. That meant one more night with the frogs. <laughs> you know, he could have told Moses, okay, right now. Right. Yeah. But he said, do it tomorrow. So they had to spend one more night with the frogs. You know, that's like, that's like, that's like some people I've talked to and they say, well, I'm waiting on God. That's like saying, tomorrow. People put up with, Christian people put up with things more longer than they should. They're always waiting. You pray, some people say, well, I'm waiting on God. No, you're not. You're fooling yourself. You're buying the law, of the, uh, the, the, the saying of the devil. Wait till tomorrow because tomorrow never comes. Because when tomorrow gets here, it's today. How often in the natural we put things off. Do you realize you do the same thing in the spiritual realm? You put things off when you could take your authority and get rid of it. It's time to say to the enemy, that's enough. You know... I've listened, I mean, I don't ever put anything on but I read a lot on Facebook, and you're always seeing Christian people putting stuff on there about, well, they're feeling condemned, and they don't feel worthy, and they just feel so guilty over what they've done in the past. That's, that's the enemy working on them. They need to put their foot down and say, stop, that's enough in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, you see people all the time. They're living in depression. They are, they're letting oppression rule their life. They're being harassed by the enemy. And some people have had that happen in so long, it's just become their way of life they begin to think that's normal. It's normal for the devil to come at you and try to get you to think that's normal, but it's time for you to take the name of Jesus and the power of God and put your foot down and say, that's enough. Come on now. You know, people sometimes endure another night with the devil's trouble when they don't have to. Now, if you're going to get rid of the enemy and put your foot down and say that's enough, you have got to understand that you have the authority to do that, okay? You see, we understand the authority in the natural quite, quite easily. We grow up usually well, in my, in my era, in my kids' era anyway, because I taught them, we grow up realizing that we have certain authorities that belong to us, and we know who we are in Christ, you know. <laughs> I tell this all the time, Denise doesn't like it. She's about four, maybe five, and she come flying down the hall Running, she was running. We'd gotten out of the car, and i would gone went upstairs, and she took off up the stairs and down the hall. She was going to see her papa. That's my dad, Kenneth E. Hagen. And somebody said, "Little girl, little girl, stop that running!" And she whirled around, and she said, "Do you know who I am?" And took off. She knew what her. She knew what she could do. She knew her papa was the and her dad was the head around here, and she felt like she had to. That's what we need to get to with when the enemy's coming around and telling us all kinds of things. We need to say, "Hey, do you know who I am?" That's enough. Shut up. Hello. You know, I've seen people say, "Well, I guess." This is just the way it's got to be, you know. Grandpa always had a hard time. Dad had a hard time. I guess it runs in the family. Anybody ever heard somebody say that? You don't have to be. Even in natural, it doesn't have to be. You can change you can change it. In the spiritual, it doesn't have to be. You can change it simply by declaring who you are in Christ, what you have in Christ, what you can do because you're in Christ, you can put your foot down and say, that's enough. But you know, some people, and I've heard people say this before, oh, you know, now you don't, you don't want to disturb the devil too much. Now just be quiet and don't disturb the devil. Well don't make no turn. To some one guy said, you know, sometimes we Christians we antagonize the devil. You don't have to antagonize him. He's already mad and antagonized. He doesn't want any he doesn't want anything to do with God or anything that has anything that looks like God. You know. They try to ignore that he exists. Or yeah, they think, well, if I best be quiet, he'll leave me alone. I think it's about 1957 or somewhere in that era, 54, somewhere between 54 and 57. Dad was out in California holding a meetings, and they had a flu breakout. They even closed some of the schools because there wasn't even enough kids there, and there wasn't enough teachers. And they'd been having they, they, at night. They, he's in one of the larger churches out there. It was a four-square church he was in. And, uh, they'd been having, oh, I don't know, four or 500 at night, maybe more. And it, and they'd been having at least 150, 200 in the morning services. And that morning they had 25 people and, uh, 12 of the 25 were, were ministers. And after the service, one of they, the, they was on the platform of ministers up there talking about four or five of them, I think up there talking and One of, they said, Brother Hagin, you're gonna gonna shut the services down? He said, no. And this one guy said, yeah. I'm gonna go home, I always get the flu. I'm gonna go home and get everything ready so to get, when I get the flu. Aren't you afraid you're gonna get the flu, Brother Hagin? No, I'm not afraid I'm gonna get the flu. And uh, this guy said, oh, shh, be quiet. Don't talk so loud. Don't you know the devil can hear you? My dad said, yeah, that's the very dude I want to hear it. He wanted him to know that that's enough. You see, God's word will tell us what we need to do about the devil. You know? And actually in Mark sixteen, seventeen, they decide to follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils. Well, if they can cast out devils, then you can tell the devil to get out of your life. Hello. Ephesians 4 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. You ever heard somebody talking about, well, you know, the devil's just just got me down, the devil this, the devil that. Anybody ever heard somebody? They give him more, more credence to the devil than they are to the Word of God. James 4, 7 says, humble yourself before God, resist the devil and he might flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You ever looked up that word flee? It means to run from. One translation I think says means to run from in ter- terror. 1 Peter 5, 8, these are just a few verses of Scripture that I'm talking to you about. He says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil who prowls around like, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That means he can't devour you unless you're putting yourself in a position to be devoured. He's looking to, for somebody that can be devoured. You know, sometimes if you watch the animal channel and some of those other, you'll see they'll they'll talk about these animals and how that they get their food. And uh I was watching one, one time, of course I knew this, but I was watching it. And so this this lioness was tracking a herd of zebras because she had cubs and they needed food. And <clears throat> They said, Now watch, she won't tack, she won't go after the whole herd. She waits till somebody is straggling back and because if she goes after <clears throat> the whole herd, they'll turn on her and they can they can take her out. And she attacks this one and takes it out. See, the devil's going around as a roaring lion. I was talk- that, was a, that was a documentary about lions, and this was a lioness, female lion. See, that's, where, that's what he's talking about. But he says, stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. And then, you know, <clears throat> the devil's always telling people, you're the only one that's having this trouble. You're the only one. You know, you need, you need to be thankful that God is allowing you to be the only one <laughs> that has this kind of tr- situation. But Peter goes on here and say, remember, your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You see, we all have to learn to do something ourselves about the enemy and say, that's enough in line with the Word of God, what the Word says. We need to learn to take our authority, take our place. You know, in the military, there is ranks of authority. And, you know, when you're in one rank... You have a you know your place, and you get to another rank. And like, I was, I was the fourth one. Uh, no, the third one on my in my group when I was working there in Taiwan in the comm center. And just, there was a there was a the officer, and then a sergeant, and then I was next in line. Sometimes the officer and the sergeant, especially on that midnight shift, they'd leave. That meant I was in charge of the whole comm center, specialist fourth class, Kenneth W. Hagan. RA 18656519. How many of you still that were in our, our army I don't know about the rest of you, but how many of you still can remember your, it's been years and you still remember that serial number? I got a lot of hands up. <laughs> you know? Well, I gave this, I told this kid to do something one time and he said, You don't have to do, I don't have to do that. You're not, you're not, in, you're not a sergeant. I said, Well, I'm in charge and you better get it done now or you're gonna wish you had. Now, if the sergeant or the, or the lieutenant would have been there, I wouldn't have said any, if I gave him a command he didn't do it, I, would, I might have said something to him, but I wouldn't have went as far as I did because at that particular time, I had the authority to do it. You have been given the authority by the word of God, he said, Up until now, you haven't asked anything in my name, but it, I'm going to just paraphrase what it really meant. But after this, you have the authority over the enemy. They would go ask Jesus, but he told them, After I'm gone, you got that authority we have to rise up and put our foot down and say, Mr. Devil, that is enough. You know, take our authority. Because when we put our foot down and say that's enough, it enables us to be free from sickness and disease, poverty and lack, shame, guilt, condemnation, worry, fear, all of it. I don't have to put up with the devil. You know, one time, I don't know, Denise was probably, I don't know, maybe three, and heard her crying in the middle of the night. We got up, she had a high fever. I went in there and we prayed, Lynette and I prayed and fever left, she went back to sleep. About an hour later, same thing, fever was back. I prayed again, I said, Mr. Devil, get out of here. She, fever broke, she went back to sleep. About two hours later, she woke up crying. And I went in there and by this time, I, I said, that's enough. I said, Mr. Devil, you getting out of here with all of your junk. And, and I actually did this, ask, ask my wife, she'll tell you. I actually, I said, I'm gonna kick you out of this room and you're gonna stay out. And I kicked like that. I kicked him down the hall. I kicked him down the stairs. I kicked him to the front door. I opened my front door and I said, get out of here. And I stood there a minute, and I said, that's not good enough. I went outside. I was just in my sleeping shorts, <laughs> but it was about 3.30 in the morning, so wasn't nobody out there. <laughs> and I, I, I kicked him in the front yard. I kicked him down the front yard, and when I got to the street, and there was a, gu- a storm sewer there, and I kicked him, I said, hey, get in there, that's where you belong, now you stay. <laughs> you see, I put up with that until I said, "Wait a minute! I don't. I don't have to put up with that's enough." I kicked. I. I literally did it. I mean, you know, I literally did. I mean, I didn't see anything, but I. The, <laughs> you understand what I did? You see. I, I told him, I said, devil, I'm kicking you and all this junk out of here. This house is protected by the blood of Jesus and you have no authority, no right in here. That's enough. Get out of here. Come on now. You see, you have to get that way and get that bold against the enemy that's coming after you. Hello. You know, sometimes, well, you... Yeah. I don't know about all that. Well, Jesus told us himself in John sixteen I've told you all this so that you might have peace in me. Here on earth, you won't have any problems or trials. No, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. He did not intend for us to have a lifestyle being up and down, letting the devil run over us. He intended for us to take our authority over him. And we just don't have to get through our troubles. We have to kick him out of our lives so that he's not in our life. We were in the sixth grade, my buddy Charles, and uh, we had a guy, now, nowadays they don't, nobody fails, everybody passes. But back, how many of y'all remember if you didn't make the grade and you failed and you stayed back there, you didn't go up, you stayed back? Well, this, this kid was about two grades behind. He should have probably been up in eighth grade. And he was big anyway. And he'd he come down the hall, and if you're standing at your locker to get your book or something, he'd slam the locker on your head when you got your head in there, and bam! Or he'd come by, kick your feet out from underneath you, you know, take lunch money away from you, take you to your lunch away from you, all this stuff. And finally, my buddy, Charles. Charles Killian and he he's one of these guys he didn't say much any of you guys ever have a friend like that but I'll tell you what if he said something you better listen because he wasn't going to tell you twice how, how many of you guys know what I'm talking about and he come by and he hit, he slammed a locker on Charles Charles turned around and said and he called his name and he said don't you ever touch me again? And he just laughed at him. Well, we went out for back in my day in grade school we had morning recess noon and we had afternoon recess, then we went home. And we studied in between. And we was going out for morning recess. That happened early in the morning. This was about you know mid morning. And he he, Charles went out the door and he tripped him. Charles went down the, fell down the stairs, and he went that he, the boy walked down the stairs. Charles never even come off the ground. He just come up on 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 his knees and dove and hit him right in the knees, knocked him down, jumped on top of him, put one one knee right here and the other knee right there, and he began to wail, had his arms pinned to the ground, and. Mr. Thompson came out, he's the principal, and he, some of the teachers are starting to try to break it up, he said, if you don't wanna see this, get on back in, I've been looking for somebody. <laughs> and Charles wailed on him really good. And of course, all of us guys, most of us said, get him, Charles, come on, come on, get him. <laughs> well, it wasn't, but a few days later, He'd come down the hall and he slammed the lacquer on me and, and I come out of that locker with that history book about like that, and about that thick. How I many of you know ever had one of them history books? And I come around and I swung as hard as I could and hit him right in the car in the back of the head and knocked him to his knees. And I said, If you don't want what Charles give you, then leave me alone. <laughs> because you see, we had had enough. But do you realize that there was some guys and I could call their names that still cowed down to him when they saw that he could he wasn't nothing. He is all blubber, all make tried to scare you. That's the devil. Take the word of God and spin around and knock a fire out of him. Yeah. Say, that's enough. Yeah. He never messed with me again. But you know what? The boy, I started to call his name, I better not. Standing right here, two lockers down. He would come by every day, slam him into the lockers, and then i whoa, 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 don't, don't hit me no more, no. Well, he did that to me. I hit him with that, that history book. <laughs> I told him, I said, I, I, I'll hit you again, but this time it'll be I'm going to hit you right on your nose. <laughs> you see, you've got to get to the point with the enemy because he's going to be exactly like, like him. He said, it says here he's come to steal, kill, and destroy, and that's what this guy was doing. Also says that he came as a roaring low looking for somebody he can devour that, that guy was going around looking for anybody that would cow down to him, but if you said that's enough and fought back, he backed off. The enemy will keep coming you got to keep you got to keep telling him that's it, that 's enough. Now some said well i'm just I'm poor old job. No, you're not. Because, see, they're talking, about, they're talking about Job's troubles. Job's troubles lasted for a little bit, but in the, if, you, if you're like poor old Job, you're going to have twice as much when the trial's all over. Because that's what happened to him. You can go read it in, in Job's there. He had a long and full life, twice as much as he had before. In verse. 16, 17 to 42, it says, he lived 140 years, saw four generations, then he died an old man with a long life. Every day. I quote it over all my family. I quote it over myself and my wife. I, every day, I, say, I claim the 91st Psalm over my family. I'll, sometimes I call all their names. Even the great granddad, the two great grandkids, I call all their names. The 91st Psalm over them. No harm shall come near them. No plague shall overtake them. And with long life, I will be satisfied. My family will be satisfied. Just not long, long. See, I tell the devil that all the time. See, you you've got to if you won if you want to keep him at bay, you gotta tell him what's going on. You see, guy walking down the street. And there's a dog here. At first he was afraid of him, but then he realized that he could only come so far. See, that's what David's talking about in the 23rd Psalm. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. We got the table spread out before us. The enemy's over there, but he can't get there. You can sit there and enjoy all the benefits from the table of God, healing, prosperity, protection, you name it, it's on the table. And the enemy has to, as long as you quote the Word of God and stay at with the table, the enemy has to look at you and cringe because he knows he wants to so bad, but there's nothing he can do about it, just like that dog. That dog, so bad, wanted to attack, but that chain held him back. And he wanted to, but he couldn't because he was restrained. When you put your foot down and say, that's enough, and you you hold him there, there's nothing he can do. He can't keep coming at you. You see, he said, my purpose is to give you rich and satisfied life. It's not a rich and satisfied life when the devil is holding high carnival in your life. So put your foot down and say, that's enough. Some people think God is, you know, <laughs> just assigned all this to, this trouble and trials to him. No, he didn't. He's assigned a blessing to you. You're the one that either gets the blessing or has all the trials. It's up to you. It's not up to God. Like I said, some people waiting on God. They're not waiting. Wake up to the truth and realize you don't have to be at the mercy of the enemy. All you have to do is say, Mr. Devil, that's enough. I have authority in the name of Jesus over you. Therefore, I am commanding you to get out and stay out, like I did that night. Like I was talking to you about the authority. You know, One time, Major Treaty called me into the office there at the Comp Center, and he said, "Hagen did so and s- that was so and so doing certain th- thing." And I said, uh, "I'd rather not answer, sir." He said. And then he got real serious. At first, he was, you know, not. Nice, then he got on his he got his authority on. He said, "Soldier, that's a direct command or a direct order." Yes, sir. And I told him what the deal was. I didn't want to be the one to say to tell on the guy, but when he as the major and me as a specialist fourth class when he said that is a direct command I have no choice I have no choice when you in the name of Jesus give a direct command to the enemy to leave you alone he has no other alternative (laughs) just like how many of you have been in the military? How many of you realize when you get a direct command, there's no alternatives? There's no alternative. You better, you better do answer the question. I told him, I said, I'd rather not answer that, sir. And you know, it was, and that's when he got his authority on. Up until that, he was. We, we had a good relationship. I'd done a lot of extra, I had with my clearance, I had, a, I, I had to, to, I could do certain things that the other guys couldn't do and I'd become well acquainted with Major Treaty because I'd done a lot of stuff there in the office. But when he got his authoritative command on, I had no choice. That's what you gotta do with the devil. You know too many people like the prodigal son. They put up with it and put up with it. And he walked in there in the pig pen. Finally he said, wait a minute. That's enough. He said, I'm eating I'm eating this junk and feeding the pigs, and my ser- my father's servants have more food than I than I've got. I'm going back. You see, he said I live long enough in this pig pen. He didn't wait for the father to come and find him and do something. He did something. That what I'm talking about. It's time for us to do something. When the devil has get, got us in his pig pen, it's time for us to begin to say that's enough. You don't have to spend one more night with the frogs. All you have to do is rise up in the name of Jesus and declare what the Word of God says and walk in victory, walk in health, walk in provision, walk in freedom and liberty, 2 Corinthians 1 20 tells us all the promises of God are ours. We've just got to learn to stand up and say, That's enough. And put the devil in his place. I've talked long enough. Everybody stand up. Say this with me That's enough, Mr. Devil. I declare my rights and privileges, I will spend not another night with the frogs or in your pig pen. I'm walking free in the name of Jesus. Mr. Devil, do you understand? That's enough. Hallelujah, praise God. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you something. You need to do that every day. Tell the enemy that's enough every day. Kick him, stomp him, whatever you need to do. Anybody get anything out of this this morning? Don't let the enemy trick you into believing you got to live with it. You don't. Heavenly Father I tried to remind these people of a few things of, that they already, most of them already know. But Father, sometimes we need to be revi- re- renewed and revived and told again and again about what you want us to do and what you want us to have. I thank you for it in Jesus' name.